Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. It is my mission to show every person their true economic potential. Not just the money you can make, but your own ability to control your economic destiny and live the life you were meant for. I answer your questions and bring on guest hosts to share inspiring stories, teach valuable lessons, and offer a strategy or two. In the next half hour or so, I hope that you might learn something that could change your life. You are meant to live a good life, and I want to help you get there. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. Today we have a fantastic guest, Laura Hawkeiser. Uh, she is a yoga expert and instructor. She is also an author, and we're going to be talking about that and much, much more in the show. We'll be talking about kids and uh, how to raise them and how they think and how they learn and what makes them behave and not behave. We're going to talk about content and the power of content and the importance of writing and producing content to draw an audience and to to build a tribe and to build build a reputation and a brand, uh, and how she got approached to write her book. So without further ado, instead of telling you about the interview, let's just let you listen to the interview. Here's my interview with Laura Hawkeiser. So I'm here today with Laura Hawkeiser of Flow and Grow Kids Yo- Yoga. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to joke that uh, it, it wasn't a guy who knows a guy podcast, but I didn't mispronounce something. I didn't think that thing would be yoga. But anyway, Laura... I got that part right. Uh, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you for asking, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, so tell us a little bit about uh, Flow and Grow Kids Yoga. Sure. Well, it's great to be on a business podcast to explain the many faces of my business. Um, I am a children's yoga and mindfulness business, but right now we're um, primarily working in the space of teacher trainings, which means certifying parents, grandparents, yoga teachers school counselors, educators, anybody who works with or loves kids, how to integrate yoga and mindfulness into their lives, whether it be professionally or personally. Um, And prior to that, the main focus was on student programming, which may or may not come back into the fray. We will see. And the other thing that I think universally would be applicable to all listeners is that I have a million types of lesson plans and um, you know, depending on what type of children you have in your life, you know, curriculum and yoga cards and all the content possibly that they could need. So um, that's in the shop and I've got the online courses and the next one begins January 19th. And it is such a pleasure because it's like a mentorship program because um, there's so much like set it and forget it stuff out there. So I really believe in you know, personalize attention and, and building people up. And that's how I worked with kids and work with kids. And that's also how I work with grownups is just seeing their treasure, seeing what's good in them, reflecting it back and helping them find their voice. Yeah, I, I really said that about the, the kind of the personal hands-on thing, because uh, as I moved moved through the coaching space, the first thing I encountered was these coaches who were saying, oh, you can make five figure, you know, $50,000 a month. And the key to that is removing yourself from the process and automating. Exactly, automation. So, you know, yeah, a lot of video because, of course, you know, unless someone's going to pay you fifty thousand uh, dollars in a month, you need to have fifty people pay you a thousand dollars. But then, how much can you give to those fifty people? Well, and that's and- totally what's happening out there in the kids' yoga space is all of these people pre-recording, and then they meet for an hour a week, and everything else ninety hours is done by yourself on your computer in your house. So, like, how mm-hmm. engaging is that? There's a few people who learn that way, but I would say most of us need 
individual attention to turn our brains on. It's like, what were you talking to me? Okay. Thanks computer. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And it's a matter of getting the attention to it too. You know, if I know I'm talking to you at two 30 in the afternoon, well, I'm going to clear that time in my schedule. Right. Whereas if I have nine hours of videos to watch, like, oh yeah, I'll get to those. Maybe in the evening, maybe in the morning, maybe I'll, I'll do it while I'm doing something else. I'll stack right. it together. Well, there's a lot less multitasking going on during the training than I think would be exactly if it was like I said it and forget it. But, you know, I have to say with Corona, um, people's kids are everywhere and the type of attention we would might normally have to do something like this is different. But because yep. it's in small intervals, they can still do it. And I do think we should think about working with people in reasonable intervals and not trying to do like what you would do in a normal teacher training weekend. You can't do 12 hours on a computer. It just doesn't work. You should break yeah. it up. Um, so it ends up working a lot more like a on like a, a grad school or undergrad class. It's like twice a week for three hours. And that seems to be like the perfect digestible amount to be in connection and be in community. It's been a lifesaver. It truly has to be mm-hmm. leading people during such a bleak time and to be in connection. And we, you know, we all become like best friends. It's 95 hours together online. Um, over great. three months. So it's, yeah, it's great. It's been really great for me as well. And so how many people are in a class when you're teaching them? So I've had three cohorts. They've each had about 10. Um, I, I would take up to 15, but I think, you know, t- fewer than five would be really tough because you need enough engagement. And if anyone's absent, you know, but then over 15, I, you know, I'm viewing like four hours of video for each of these people to give them feedback. So um, got to keep like the right amount. So 10 to 15 and they tend to become like super, t- super tight and they're all talking on their own and, you know, making real friendships. I love seeing nice. that. And I get text messages and presents in the mail and it really does feel like these are my people. <laughs> At least it was doing something right. Um, now, as you said, you said guidance counselors and, and all kinds of people work with kids professionally, but also said parents. So yeah, it's a that, lot of parents, a lot of grandparents are actually grandparents are the biggest demographic increase. I'm seeing a lot of people that are grandparents suddenly taking a, a parental role because of COVID. So, mm-hmm. so many caretakers that are not planning to necessarily work in the field just want to make a major change in their lives and they don't know what to do. And it really starts with you. So the training is like first focused on the adults, but then it's also like, how do you interpret this for your house. It's not going to be a formal yoga class like it would be in a studio. So just helping each of those people figure out what works in their particular setting. But parents and grandparents are like, please help. My kids are really not functioning. (laughs) Mm. Kids are having a hard time, just like we all are. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I I keep hearing about and don't, uh, I think I've been very lucky because my daughter uh, she's not doing great at doing the distance learning stuff on her own, which is mo- more of a computer problem than her problem. But uh, but I am blessed to have a child who understands when I'm working and not to interrupt me. I, I've actually had a couple times I've been recording a video and she'd just hover around the corner because she could tell I was recording. She'd wait for me to, to say the thing I say at the end. Uh, and then she'd be like, I'm here. Are you proud of me? Because I was quiet. So she, she gets that <laughs> stuff. So That's I am truly great. blessed to have, the, to have a child like that. Well, and it means she's the right age and has the right amount of awareness and respect. I think a lot of kids are just lost without a physical body. And you're very lucky that she's able to guide herself because not being next to a teacher or not having a parent standing there, some children don't have the ability or skill set to focus without that. So that's actually part of what we do in the training is teach children the 
skill set to focus or to notice when you are unfocused and perhaps explore that a little and see, oh, is there something my body needs? Is there, you know, is there something I need to do to get in a place where I can focus, where I can feel calm and self-soothe? And that's kind of the target is like pinpoint the issue and help them find a, a way that works for them, you know, to put, to put these tools in context. You're very lucky. She, she is able to self guide and to be aware. You seem to be doing a great job, but I also want to say to the parents that may be listening who's or, or teachers whose students are not doing a great job, but it's not your fault. Some children are, you know, blessed with certain skill sets, you know, more naturally and others need to work really hard at them. Like how to pay, how to pay attention is its own thing to learn. <laughs> I, I also sort of cheated because, uh, you know, being a coach and already thinking that way, I brought those skills to, um, to parenting. So. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, all the time. Comes to it as a coach and things for that way. It, it was funny for me because I didn't have any experience with kids when I had a kid. I only had experience with adults. So I'm just like, so this is kind of like an adult, but smaller and <laughs> can't do stuff. Uh, so I, I started from everything she, I assumed she could do everything an adult could do and then subtract. I'm like, okay, so you can't walk, can't read, can't talk, can't shoot. Um, but as opposed to, I think a lot of people start from, it's a baby, it can't do anything. Oh, look, it can eat. Um, right. and, and I've found that to be very effective because I've always empowered her with decisions. Yeah, you know, even from a young age, I'd be like, when do you want to go to bed? And she makes, even at three, she was making surprisingly intelligent decisions. Like she wasn't like, I want to stay up and watch TV all night. She's like, ah, like two more episodes. I said, yeah. Oh, okay. Think- uh, yeah. So that, that's, that's exactly what I was going to suggest. Well, so. you hit the nail on the head with something there is we should expect that children are more capable than they are. We should expect that we can explain things like we would to an adult using normal language we should not change our language for, I mean, a little bit. You can simplify language and use fewer words, but what mm-hmm. you are doing is instinctively really a smart way to be an empowering adult. Um, when children feel confident to make decisions, that's a huge way to grow confidence. And then they can start to make decisions on their own. You know, a lot of kids look to their parents and teachers for every single thing they need to do because yep. they aren't b- building confidence. And it's not that the parents don't believe in them. It's that the parents don't believe in themselves. So they second guess everything they do. And then that just kind of bleeds out onto the kids. So being someone in an empowerment space and a coaching space, that's great. Um, and I think your daughter's really lucky to have you. All the time when, when my daughter busts into my trainings, people are like, how did you do that? And I'm like, oh, I, you mean speak to her with compassion, respect, and then expect her to be intelligent? It's just for me, has been a natural, I have been in the education space for 20 years. So when she was born, I was 15 years into this space. I was uh-huh. already doing a lot of consciousness things, you know, uh, mindful listening and yoga, t- you know, I've been teaching yoga for a year. It just felt natural to look at her and be aware of her gifts and to reflect them back to her and help her feel confident and attuned. That's the other thing is like how to build attunement that you and your child can understand each other, whether it's verbally or non-verbally, and just build a very trusting and warm connection. And I think that for some people, that's not as natural. Mm-hmm. And so just just being around it and observing it is a huge teacher. It's like, oh, that is a possibility. I want that. Okay, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it just kind of starts from, you know, I 
the, the idea, I, I can't imagine pulling rank on someone being like, do this because I say so, unless it's an emergency situation or something like that. But Joe, even if someone's working for me, I wouldn't necessarily be like, do this because I say so. I'd say, do this because here's why. Because also, I could be wrong. And if it was a subordinate, I want them mm-hmm. to tell me if they mm-hmm. know something I don't to correct it. And so I carry that same thing over for a child as well. I could be wrong. She could have knowledge I don't have. Um, you know, if I'm saying like, we got to go, we got to go. And what she knows is her bladder is full and I don't know that. Well, that's information I need. Right. And I can't just say, do what I say because I say so. Because there could be data that is not at my disposal. Right. Uh, well, making me context. make a wrong decision. Yeah. That's, you know, where I'm always talking about context with my trainees. Like, what is the context of what you're teaching? It's not an absolute truth. It is, it is within a context. And, and that is so important for relevance for the child, too. Why does the kid care about what you're teaching? It's not just that this is how it is. It's what is that child experiencing and what is the context? I think it's very similar to that, where you're actually like examining things from a certain angle and what information is needed. And, and that's kind of how you can look at behavior, like when somebody's acting out. Um, it's not that they're doing something to you. It's that that child is conveying information in a less than ideal way. And we can say, well, what is underneath that? And then if you're curious instead of angry and you're like, how could you possibly behave this way to me? But if instead you're curious and kind, then you can actually, that's the mindfulness piece, the kindness and curiosity. You can explore and you can break ground where you could never do that if you were just, you are bad and wrong and terrible. You know, that, that, <laughs> that style of parenting is going out of, uh, you know, style. And it's a good thing. And not that discipline is unnecessary. It's that structure can be made together in a cooperative way. And you've shown that with your daughter. I've seen that work in classrooms. And behavior really improves when you give kids a little bit of power and a little bit of trust. Um, and then you increase that trust and power as they prove that they can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I first noticed this in college when I'd, I'd watch adults, 18, 19, 20, 21, basically act like children because the administration treated them like children. When you treat people like children, disempower them. Surprisingly, they act like children. That's right. Um, Yep, so we're gonna take a quick break uh, and then we'll be right back after this with Laura Hawkeiser. Conference 21 is only a month away. Well, I should say the first Conference 21 is only a month away because the exciting thing is this is just getting bigger and bigger. February 20th and 21st is going to be the first full weekend event. But as we grow it, as we look at this concept, as people get excited, we have decided it's going to be a quarterly event. So this is the first one. It's amazing. We've got 32 speakers lined up. We've got all kinds of networking. We've got a wine tasting. So much exciting stuff happening. And then in May, we're going to do one that's even bigger. In August, even bigger than that. And the, the possibilities are amazing. So you have the chance to be involved in the very beginning of this tremendous event, Conference 21. Go to conference21.com. Tickets are only $21. And this is huge and is just going to get bigger and better. So check it out, conference21.com. And now back to our interview with one of our Conference 21 speakers, Laura Hockheiser. So I'm back with Laura Hawkheiser. Uh, when we were talking during the break, she was telling me that she is uh, putting out a book that has a, I guess the, the title is still under wraps. Um, and, you know, want to talk a bit about the book and content and some of the other ways you're sharing some of the, the great knowledge you have with the world. So tell us a little bit about this book. Sure. Well, thank you for asking about it. It is a complete dream because I've been writing content for years on how to live mindfully 
Um, I, I, you know, when I was working with pregnant people, I was writing, you know, on like the budding family and the whole psych yoga psychology and mindfulness around that. And I've put out curriculum for children. And actually, that's how they found me is I had such a, a big paper trail. And this is the exact type of content the book is covering. It's how it's, it's for a wider audience. It's a it's a mindfulness book that teaches you how to live mindfully during the morning, day, and night. And it's um, 18 activities in each chapter. Um, and they are all extremely practical, um, entry level, like anybody can do them. It doesn't mean that they don't have an, a lot of positive outcomes and they're, you know, they, they can be a catalyst for major change and transformation, but there's no prerequisite skill. So this is the book I've been asked to write and it is a media company that is like a new age publisher. So the turnaround was not two and a half years, like a normal book. I had nine weeks, including edits to create this book. But because I'm such a prolific writer, I got that thing done and I'm so proud of it. And I'm, you know, I have the next week to put in the edits and then pre-sale happens in the spring and the book comes out in May. And I think it's going to help a lot of people um, just start to examine their lives, make small, what I call little M mindfulness changes where the, what you do throughout your day, you do just a little more consciously with, with your five senses, with your kindness, with your curiosity and there's stuff in there from yoga, there's stuff in there from Tantra, there's stuff in there from mindfulness, there's, you know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So I'm very excited. Uh, and the, uh, the editor just reached out yesterday and said he absolutely loved everything that I had written to this point. So I'm feeling so happy. Awesome. <laughs> That's really exciting. And it makes a lot of sense that, that books don't need to take so long to put out because I I, I don't know too much about how publishing works now, but I, my, my own book is self-published through um, Kindle Direct Publishing and thus is print on demand. And I imagine that they can probably deploy the same sort of technology so they don't have to do a 15,000 unit run on every every book. And I, think they can turn they, faster. I do think that they print a lot of them because unlike a print, uh, unlike a self-published book, this is going, this is going through more of a traditional marketing um, and PR sort of run. There won't be a book tour because of COVID, but mm -hmm. um, it will probably, you know, do do relatively well. And I do think that there is some volume, although they don't know if it's going to sell 10,000 or 30,000 or 50,000, but they're expecting it to sell a lot of copies because it is so relevant. They, they actually found me because of the relevant content oh, I had better. been creating. So yeah. they, they found me exactly because of the content I was putting out. And it's a huge opportunity to help more people. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that's kind of what the conference topic is, which is interesting because like now the book will be coming into fruition so soon after the conference and I'm just going mm -hmm. to be feeling so ready to share about content and, and more more clear on on that than ever. Just why- It's like you planned it that way. <laughs> well, I didn't plan on them finding me. It was such a surprise <laughs> because you know, like you and I were such a self-driven type. We put out our own, I, I've been publishing my own content um, through my website for years that I never even thought of looking for a publisher, but they knocked down my door and I said, yes, please. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about uh, context. I believe that's what you're gonna be talking about at Conference 21. Um, so talk a bit about content and how, how entrepreneurs can put that to work to yeah, whether or not a publisher ends up finding them, but uh, how it's benefited you and how, how people can get started with that. Well, content is your perspective on what you do. It puts, it's whether it's video, you know, my, mine tends to be 
um, illustrate, I get an illustrator to bring it to life, what I'm doing in the classroom or in training. So mine is always to educate. That's my content is educational, whether the end user is the teacher or the parent or the child, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm putting out content in an instructional way. And so it's, it's considered nonfiction. Um, so if you, if you teach something well, you are able to create nonfiction content. And you can, if you're good behind a camera, you can make videos. It doesn't really necessarily matter the platform or the type of media you do. It just matters that you're making it and that it's in your own voice. Do not copy anybody else. Guess why? It's going to be garbage. I started that way. You've really got something special each and every listener. You don't even realize it's your genius zone because you're just so good at it. And that's mm -hmm. why going through something with like you or me, where somebody is with you looking at your skills and able to say, hey, this is a superpower you have and you don't even realize it. And that's the content you focus on and you put it out and you put it out and you do it consistently. And, um, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, is it just exhausting to put out content? Guess how all of the people who pay a lot of money to take my courses find me? because they bought my lesson plans, because they saw me on Instagram, because they saw my content on my blog, because they Googled something about kids yoga and mindfulness, or they Googled how to, you know, have a baby mindfully, you know, they, they found me because of the content I put out. How are your people supposed to find you if you don't have a, you know, breadcrumb trail? And then how are you supposed to legitimize your expertise if you are just having people read other people's books all the time in your courses? It's so important to have some original work and it doesn't have to start big. You don't have to write a 50 activity book like me. That was something I could, that was a skill set I developed because I have been making original writing for years incrementally. So everybody listening, you can start somewhere, make a reasonable release schedule. Maybe you create something new every other week and predictably release it and figure out what people resonate with that is also in your voice and focus there. Because I, I wish I had done more testing early on. And there's tons and tons of good videos out there and like how to learn about relevant search terms, which yes, that is important on the back end, but truly what is the most important is you are yourself, you are confident in what you say and you are honest and just people that are going to be drawn to you will be drawn to you, just be yourself. Yeah, and and, and you know, talking about what you're saying with with how you say some people like, isn't that hard, isn't that tiring? Um, I mean, to me, with the, uh, most of my content's video because uh, for me that's easy. Uh, it's you know faster. I can talk faster than I can type, and and it, it's more a matter of if you were to tell me you can't put out any content for a month, that would be a very miserable month. You know, I I like recording videos. I like putting them out, and so it it's not so much a matter of it's difficult. Now, if someone said I need to put out sixty videos in a month, um, that might be a bit of a strain, but, but it, it's, I think if you're putting out or authentic content in the platform that you're comfortable with, then it doesn't necessarily feel like a great hardship to do so. I totally agree. And I'm a writer. So like, I love to put out written content, but when I have to get behind, you know, like my ad agency makes me get behind the camera to do commercials, which I hate doing those. And it comes out, you know, I, I like to be live in front of people. That's when I shine. I like to write. That's when I shine. So you know, like it is true to find the right medium. And if you have to do a lot of setup for your content, for example, like if you're shooting video, you have to have the lighting and, you know, clean the house and brush your hair, do a bunch of videos back to back. Because mm -hmm. once you do the first one, you feel high, naturally high. You're like, oh, 
this is a great feeling and just ride the wave. And so don't go through all of that work every single time. You could actually back to back create them. And when I'm in the flow with writing, like I will go way past my daily milestone, but the times that it's a struggle, I just get something down. That's the other thing is if you are struggling, just get something down. You don't have to perfect it. This idea that you need to have a perfect product one and done is just not true. I think getting something down and, and refining it with, with the years, refining it is a much better than just not putting anything out. Don't let perfectionism paralyze you from creating something that the world needs to hear from you. Absolutely. And, and it's, there's also just on, in the social media world, just the way the algorithms work, that is tremendously good advice because um, it's much better to put out seven decent pieces of content than one excellent piece. Because, uh, I mean, obviously it was terrible, then you don't want to do that. But but content tends to be better than you think it is. You know, if you do a quick Facebook Live or a short 200-word blog article or something, if you do those short pieces, people are going to see you more, become more, com more comfortable with you. Your brand's going to develop more. Uh, and then, of course, you should build your big pieces, your, your books or your lessons and whatnot in a big way. But you're totally right that, that it's better to just get it out there and not not refine the same piece 10 times and put it out once. Instead, use that energy to put out 10 pieces. Right. And exactly. I think it's so important to have a body of work. And how do you think people write books? It's because they wrote all these other little things and they are able to synthesize the information into a single body of work. It doesn't come from not having done something. I wrote a book in eight weeks that would never have been possible had I not had the daily practice. And so for people who make these like ultra long, amazing videos, you've got to start by making exactly like you said, short videos on a regular basis. And that, that's if I had to give myself advice, I would tell myself to get behind the camera more because that's really how I attract. Um, but we all have aversions to things. And that's the other thing I would check in with with yourself is, is your aversion standing in your way of reaching the people that need to hear from you? Because for me, it is and it does. And, and if I hadn't hired somebody and paid the money to yell at me and say, you must make this video for us, <laughs> you know, and I didn't need to hire them to know that. It was just, I was standing in my own way. And so we can look at our own like aversions to content creation and say, really, is this a mountain I can't climb? And if so, why? A lot of times it's just the narrative we tell ourselves, oh, that's too work, too much work or too hard. I don't have the equipment. Guess what? All you need to make a good video is a window and a cell phone with a decent camera. That's it. You do not need all the stuff. You can get that if once you have some content and some following. You can start with the phone you use every day. You don't realize what an asset that thing is because it's always in your pocket, but it is a huge asset. It has a better camera than most laptops and you can get decent video if you're sitting in front of the light source. You don't have to have a $90 million setup. You can really have a window and some natural lighting, time it well, put on your lipstick and sit up straight. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally right. And, and, and uh, I imagine many people listening to this podcast probably have seen some of my videos. All of my videos are shot on a Google Pixel XL, which is, I think the XL4 is out now. So it's a four generation old phone. Uh, it's held by a tripod that I think cost $18 with a microphone that was maybe $12 uh, and sometimes natural light, sometimes not even natural light. 
Um, I don't wear lipstick though. I should try that. that, that <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, like any of those videos, um, it, it's, it's a phone plus $25 of equipment. I could, you know, the, these phones now are, I think the, the back phone is on my camera is like 14 megapixels or something. So, you know, that, that was a state of the art camera 10 years ago. Right. That only professional photographers had, and you've got it on your phone. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no excuse for not doing video nowadays. Right. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. When you look at someone on stage and you're like, how are they giving this keynote? They're so amazing. You're only looking at a snapshot. That was a mm -hmm. daily practice that person developed over years of learning their craft. So don't let needing to be perfect stop you from working incrementally. That's the most important thing you can do in any field is just show up and do a little bit. Yeah. Keep no, going. Totally. And, and, and what I've found is because I do the daily videos, you know, if you just do a daily Facebook live or something, you even, you know, put it out and not even, uh, and then delete it afterwards. So if you don't watch it live, you don't see it, but it gives you the practice of speaking to a camera audience daily. You do that for a year. You've done it 365 times. That's right. And that's like with my writing, I took six months, like 10 years ago, and I wrote every day for five minutes, six days a week. So I could skip a day. And some days I went farther and longer. And, you know, I would, I would, you know, do little different details and, and change it from time to time. But the basic idea was just do it every day a little bit. And mm -hmm. then it became effortless. And even though it does take work, it's like it becomes so much easier than, and I think the yogis listening will relate to this. The first time you went to a class and tried to do anything and you felt like you were surely going to die. And then your your 100th class when you were like, whoa, I am in the flow state. This is amazing. That flow state is available to anything you practice, truly, 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 truly. Yeah, absolutely true. And and one thing I wanted to touch on is you, you mentioned the idea of hiring hiring the ad agency to yell at you to make videos. Um, I think there's a lot of places where entrepreneurs can benefit from hiring a boss. Uh, and that, that's yeah. something I talk, that's the way I describe myself as a coach sometimes is I'm I'm your boss that you hired over you because um, you need someone. I mean, that's, that's why I take karate because I will not exercise without someone telling me, do this now, do this now. <laughs> I've tried, it doesn't work. Whereas I go to karate and they say, do this and do that. And I'll get to the point where I can barely stand up, but I'm like, oh, Kyoshi says, do it. I'm doing it. <laughs> and, and, you know, if, if it's, whether it's getting on your video, making your videos, making your, making your calls, you know, whatever. If, if you have uh, outgoing sales in your business and you need to make 30 calls a day, you might need to hire someone so you, who yes. you just, their they job is to call you at the end of the day and say, how many calls did you make? Yep. 27, 27, that's not 30. No, it's not. Well, you know what you have to do tomorrow? <laughs> 33. And, and, you know, I, I, I could probably automate something um, where you know you just tell you, how many calls did you make? 27. And this recording, be like, was that enough? No, no, it wasn't. What are you going to do tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you need that that external voice to that, that holds you accountable, whether it's a boss or a coworker or a business partner or, or a coach. Or a coach, um, and, yep. and the coach is great because because you know you're paying them to do that, so there's no like you don't feel like you're imposing on them because you're exchanging money for attention. And totally, yeah, you know it, what? it takes that pressure off. I think everybody who's not coachable in this moment needs to look at your rigidity and just recognize you are standing in your own way. And whether mm -hmm. you hire someone like Mike or take a mentorship program like my teacher training or Michael, you go by Michael. Um, Thank you. Either. <laughs> I've got a lot of mics in my network, but you're Michael. So either way, you've got to um, let somebody 
get in that psyche of yours and help you get out of your own way. And so I like every day make breakthroughs with my people. And I'm still one of the, I'm one of these terrible people who even with a coach is able to stay in my patterns and stay, you know, and, and I, I think, I think that is, uh, you know, denying a little bit of the growth I've had because I have tremendously, I've seen a tremendous amount of change and evolution. But, you know, if you're one of these people like me that moves the milestone, the, you know, the goalposts, you move the goalposts, take a moment to bask in the fact that you have grown. Take a moment to bask in what you have done thus far. I think sometimes if you're worried about content, you feel like you never have enough or you never have it good enough. Just look at what you have made. And even if it's small, there is some pride in that. And then get out of your own way, find someone to support you. Um, being an entrepreneur, you're right. You have to be your, you know, you can't be your own board. You can't be your own boss. You have to have other people looking in with you. And, um, you know, like it is very, very tough when you are on an island. And so mm -hmm. build a community, build a networking group. My teacher trainees, they're all independent businesses. They're all doing their own children's yoga businesses. But we all hang out, talk, support each other way after graduation. They're all like, we, we are on a daily speaking basis. Like it's, there are, there, when you build a community together, you can all be there for each other and you can be sounding boards. And it's like, that is the beauty of truly joining a community and being part of something rather than just being a random person on the internet. Um, yeah. Get involved, get in a community and be there for each other. Don't just show up to take two. I think this is the thing people need to realize is even though someone's your coach or your boss or your teacher, you give so much by being present and by like just just doing what you do in front of people is a tremendous asset. So showing up, being part of something, you're helping everybody grow, even your coach. You don't realize it, but you are. So show up, be part of something. That's a great point. I love that. Um, so we're, we're coming to the end of our time. Uh, and so let's please share with the people how they can get in touch with you. And, uh, and of course, you're going to be at Conference 21. Um, which is converse21.com. They can find find you there. But how else can folks find you and, and your books and your classes and, and get more of your wisdom? Thank you for asking. So the website is flowandgrowkidsyoga.com, all spelled out, flowandgrowkidsyoga. Um, I have a teacher training that starts on the 19th of January. There is no prerequisite. Anybody who loves or has kids, can join. It is a personal and professional transformation program where I will be mentoring and coaching all along. My email is lara, L-A-R-A, at flowandgrowkidsyoga.com. Um, on Instagram, we're at flowandgrowyoga. On Facebook, we're flowandgrowkidsyoga. Um, I personally respond to every single message that comes in to my email. And if you email um, my social media accounts, my social media manager will let me know you want to talk. I will make time to speak to any of you. My book will be coming out with uh, the publisher Callisto Media this May. So look for it in May. And I will let people know at the conference how they can help with the pre-sale support. Um, I think that's everything. And yeah, I just want to say thank you to you, Michael, for making a platform for entrepreneurs to make a positive impact on the world, because I think we all have a little something to share and you are doing cool things. And um, the guy that knows a guy is a, certainly a skill. I, I, I aspire to be as connected um, in my community as you have made yourself and yours. Well, thank you for saying so. I, I've, 
I've benefited greatly from doing it. So it's uh, it's been a wonderful thing. And I like teaching others how to do it. Well, it's been great to have you on the show. I really, uh, you have a lot of wisdom in yoga and business and many other areas. And we're lucky to have you at Conference 21. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing everybody this February. Such a great interview, as always. As I keep saying, Conference 21 has been a godsend for my podcast because I now have just such an array of amazing speakers, honestly, more than we can fit in to the to the calendar. We may need to double up a couple of weeks leading up to the conference to get everyone in there before the event with all the interviews I've already done and all the great content we've got. Conference 21 is just just blowing up in a good way. You know, whatever I hear blowing up, I'm like, you mean like fire and shrapnel everywhere? No, 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 no. Blowing up like getting big. People are getting excited. The speakers are getting excited. People are starting to buy tickets in a big way. And what's so exciting is realizing that you know, frankly, when I started Conference 21, I thought it was going to be one of many. It was such an intuitive idea. Of course, you use the technologies available to provide an opportunity to network in between the events. Because frankly, you know, think about it. You, you go you go see a speaker and you're full of ideas walking out of the room. You don't just go straight into the next room. If you do, your, your brain fills up. You get a brain cramp. You need a minute to talk to people and say, hey, what did you think of that? Or, oh, I really love when you said that. You know, I'm going to do that right away. I'm going to jot down some notes right now. Uh, you, know, you need something to engage, to shift your mindset, to process, to really kind of digest it for a couple minutes. And that often involves talking to other people who are in the same environment. So it's not just for the networking, it's for absorbing the content. Plus, of course, the networking is, is a huge part of it as well, which is why we're giving plenty of networking before and after the main event. So I assume that other people would think of this and be like, oh, of course, that's the way you do it. But it's not, uh, and I'm not quite sure why, but I'm not finding other events like it. If you do find other events in a similar structure to Conference 21, I would love to hear about them because, uh, first off, I'd like to apply as a speaker, but also because I would love to collaborate with their people running them and learn from them, see what they're doing, have them come to my event, see what I'm doing, share ideas. This is not the kind of thing where it's good to have Monopoly. I don't want to have the only interactive conference online. I want there to be more because we learn from each other, we improve, and we network together in a way that that helps everybody. We all win together. So if you know something else like this, I'd love to hear about it. And if you don't, you should come. Well, whether you do or you don't, you should definitely come. It's confer21.com. It's only $21, February 20th and 21st. And we have some upcoming networking events leading up to it that I want to share with you. Uh, January 25th at 7 p.m., this is all Eastern time, January 29th at noon, February 5th at 11 a.m., and of course, February 19th, which is the Friday of that weekend, is, is a networking event as well. Uh, and uh, we're going to be very soon announcing everything you need to know about how to get involved in the virtual wine tasting to order the wine for that, which you need to do pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that in your email. What? You're not signed up for the email list? Well, you better go to conference21.com and either buy your ticket or sign up for the email list so you're kept informed of everything that is going on. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback, as always. Michael at guywhonowsaguy.com. Uh, if, if you know of people who should be guests on my podcast, if you know people who should be speakers of the conference, if you have thoughts, if you have feedback, if you have criticisms, whatever, Michael at guywhonowsaguy.com. I would love to hear that. Well, thank you so much for listening. I now bring you the credits.
This is the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with Michael Whitehouse. Segment introductions by Rowan Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music was Bits and Bites by Klaus Appel and Summer Ambient Piano by Raphael Crook of filmmusic.io. Find us on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com. Questions can be submitted in written form or as an audio file to michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow The Guy Who Knows a Guy on Facebook at facebook.com slash the guy who knows a guy. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode or the podcast as a whole, we welcome you to share our links with them. Thanks. I'll see you next week. But wait, there's more. Here after the credits, I wanted to share with you my other podcast. I do a daily motivational message called Morning Motivation with Michael Whitehouse. I know, very creative. It's motivation comes in the morning, and Michael Whitehouse does it. This is uh, one of the episodes of it, and if you like it, go to motivation.guywhoknowsaguy.com, and you can sign up to get notifications in your email every single morning when I put out one of these messages. It's a great way to start the day, but don't take my word for it. Take a listen. Good morning. Here we go. One more day for your greatness to shine through. Every day is a chance for that, and your greatness is there every single day. When you wake up and you are fired up and you are ready to go, and you spring right out of bed and you're like, let's do this, your greatness is ready. And when you wake up and you're groggy and you just want to sleep for another hour, your greatness is still there. It's always there. It's always ready. Sometimes it's resting. Sometimes it's standing by. Sometimes it's over there in the corners, kind of watching things, waiting for its moment. And sometimes it is ready to strike forth. Every day you have the opportunity to be great, and not always in big ways. It's not always when you get the promotion or land the big deal or or do something amazing when you're great. Sometimes greatness is made up of a lot of little unimpressive steps. If you run a marathon 26 miles, you will take thousands of steps to do so. None of those steps are really impressive. They all look like a step. Your foot hits the ground, you jump back up. Your foot hits the ground, you jump back up. That's all it is. That's all running a marathon is, step by step by step. But when you put it all together, when you cross the finish line, crossing the finish line is a step just like any other. And without all the steps before it, it would be nothing. But because of everything, because of every unimpressive, tired, exhausting, kind of boring step, you get to cross that finish line and raise your arms in the air. It's the same thing with all the greatness in your life. The little things you do today, every little step is going to move you one step further to that moment when you can cross that finish line, when you can say, yes, that was my greatness. That was something amazing that I did because it was in me all that time. It's in you right now. And today, you're going to take a few more steps forward, a few more steps forward to the greatness, the greatness that is always within you. To get this in your email every morning, go to motivation.guywhoknowsaguy.com and sign up. It's absolutely free, always will be. It's a podcast, and I just want to help people get fired up and get going. So check it out, motivation.guywhoknowsaguy.com. Thank you so much for listening. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. 
jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.